Hallelujah. Just imagine for a second. Imagine for a second. Just imagine your life in God, your encounter with God being so rich and so satisfying that you no longer have a perception of need. Just, just hear me for a second. That, that you no longer walk around needy, you no longer walk around praying, God, will you please bless me? Will you please touch me? But your encounter with God has been so overwhelming and so fulfilling and so rich, you are baptized in God himself that your only desire from that moment forward is for God to be glorified. I'm good. All I want is for you to be glorified and for you to be lifted high. Imagine living life in the spirit of I'm good. I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm good. And not that when people ask you how you're doing, you say, I'm good. Not, not, not that fake positivity. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking that name and claim it fake positivity. I'm talking about from the depths of your soul, you can say I'm good because God is with me. He's on my side. He will supply all of my needs. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I know the plans he has for me. There are good plans, plans to prosper me. I'm on my way up. My past is behind me. My future is bright. Where <laughs> I'm gonna just speak this to you. That's where God is taking you. God is gonna fill you to the overflow. You will lack nothing. You're gonna say, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I feel? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. No longer an orphan, no longer a wanderer because you were a wanderer wondering whether or not God was really reliable. I feel that. Has God been moving in anybody's life since Pentecost Sunday? Just, do I have any people in your life has been changed? Your encounter with God has changed your life. Family, it's just gonna keep getting better and it's gonna keep getting better and you're gonna get stronger and you're gonna get wise. I feel the Holy Spirit of God. You're gonna get wiser, things are gonna crystallize. And it's going to be awesome. And my, my prayer tonight, and, and really tonight, is really going to be more of a prophetic declaration to you tonight. Because my heart for you is, I believe that God has allowed us to tap into something. And not even that he's doing something altogether new. I think that something new is happening in our head so that we can tap into what he's already done. And I believe the fruit of that, the fruit of that, it's going to be a you you've never met before. It's going to be a powerful you, a victorious you. I feel the spirit of God. A healed you. A healed you. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, a healed you. I see stuff breaking off of your life. I see your shout coming back, your dance coming back, your vision coming back, your dream coming back. I see it. Great restoration and alignment simply because you understood the power of being filled with the Spirit of God. So what I want to do tonight is, is I want to lean into that a little more 
And I, and I want to pray with you tonight. And I also want to teach you how to stay filled. You know what I'm saying? In fact, we're going to learn together. We're going to learn together tonight. We're going to look into the word. And we're going to, because the issue is not, being filled is not the issue. Sometimes the issue is staying filled. Some of you left out of here on Sunday, the spirit of God moved in this house. And you left out of here like, rah! And then you didn't know what to do after that. What do I do with all this power? What do I do with all this? I go back into my, to my realms of influence, into my spheres of influence, and, and, and I look crazy. Or I think I look crazy. And I have few people around me. This is prophetic for somebody. I have few people around me to stoke, to, 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 to stoke the flame, to fan the flame of the fire that's on the inside of me. And I'm wondering if this is loss or gain. Hello, somebody. When God promotes you, when God elevates you, when he fills you afresh, it's a wonderful thing, but it's also an awkward thing. Being filled with the Spirit will get you in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> and so when, when the Spirit gets you in a little bit of trouble, what do you do? You get more of the spirit. You get more of that. <laughs> you're going to catch it tonight. You're in that thing now. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're in that thing now. Come on. You're in that thing. You might as well go all the way, baby. Come on. High five somebody and say, I'm going all the way, baby. All the way, baby. So we're going to pray and we're going to get into this thing and see what the Lord is going to do tonight. Fair enough? Now do me a favor. Now listen, here is, here is the qualification for what I'm about to ask you to do. If you have sweaty palms and you know it, if you have sweaty palms and you know it, you can do one or two things. You can just put your hands in your pockets right now and smile and leave them there. Seriously. Okay, that's one. If you are in, you have a medical condition where for the time being, I believe God's going to heal it. I believe in the mighty name of Jesus, any sickness and infirmity that's in this building tonight, you better catch what I'm saying. I believe before the night is up, there's going to be a testimony of healings and deliverances and breakthroughs. In fact, I'm not even going to give that second one. But what we're going to do is we're going to grab the hand of the person who's next to us. Grab the hand of the person. So you got to understand what comes with being filled with the Holy Spirit. You got to understand what comes with it. You know what comes with being filled with the Holy Spirit? God. Because the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit wants to be your best friend. He wants to move through you. Mm -hmm. Grab that neighbor's hand. Touch him like you love him. Like squeeze that hand like you know there's life in your life, in their body, in your body. Don't be weird. Just be, just be loving. Just be loving. 
Just be loving. Father, we link hands tonight. Glory to God. We link hands tonight as a sign that we are one. One, Lord God, first of all, because we are one in the reality of humanity. But then, God, we're also one because you have caused us to believe and you have called us into your royal family. We are the royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are a peculiar treasure. Those that you have called out of darkness and into your marvelous life. We are a tribe of believers that have been given absolute victory and absolute authority in the earth. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. And that's why we hold hands because the Jesus in the person whose hand I'm holding, as it links up with the Jesus in my hand, that creates a divine agreement. And wherever there is divine agreement, miracles can take place, breakthroughs can take place. Your word says if one is overpowered by another, two can withstand them and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So even right now as I touch my brother and as I touch my sister, I feel a strength coming over me. I feel a victory coming over me. I feel a breakthrough coming over me and I feel a healing coming over me. I want you to do something. If you're here and you need a healing in your body, I want you to squeeze, just squeeze the hand of the person. Just, it's just so that you and the person whose hand you're squeezing. In fact, the person on your right side, just squeeze their hand. That's going to let them know. That's going to let them know that you need a healing in your body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the power to heal is present. I feel the spirit of the Lord. Didn't plan on doing this, but I feel God. Hallelujah. And I want that person that felt that tug to recognize in a moment that it's not your own strength. Get your mind out of the way. It has nothing to do with your strength, but the God that's in you. It is not by your might, it is not by your power, but it's by the Spirit. And since you have the Spirit, you have the authority of God, and all you have to do is release healing through you. That's all you gotta do. Just release healing through that person who just nudged your hand, saying, I need a healing. Just release healing. Say, say, flow through me, Jesus. Flow, flow through me, Jesus, and bring healing. Flow through me, Jesus, and bring healing. Flow through me, Jesus, and bring healing. Flow through me. Flow through me. Flow through me right now. Flow through me right now. Flow, 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 flow through me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's some people right now and you already feel something shifting. You already feel something shifting. Hallelujah. Something happening in your body right now. You got to understand whose child you are. You're a child of God. You're a child of Christ. You've got the DNA of Christ on the inside of you. You've got miracle working power on the inside of you. So Father, we're here tonight to go deeper we're here tonight to go further. We want more of you. 
and we love the person whose hand we're holding right now and we're saying hell no on their behalf we're saying no to hell on their behalf and we decree no weapon see when you're gifted when you're chosen and when you're special there are weapons formed against you but the person whose hand you're holding right now is declaring over your life no weapon formed against you is going to prosper you're going to live and not die and declare the works of the lord you are going to be everything that god has called you to be you are going to be great in the earth the earth will never be the same because you showed up in this place. If you believe that, loose those hands, take 30 seconds, and praise the Lord God in this house. Come on, people of God. I see you. There's an army rising up. Uh-huh. I'm not relying on my own strength anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I gotta throw all the cute rules out the window. Lift up a praise. Lift up a shout. And if you don't want to do it in English, do it in your heavenly language. Lift up a mighty shout in this house. Come on, mighty people. Come on. Lift up a shout that will shake the earth. your future that's your story that's your testimony I don't care what it looks like right now before this thing is over hallelujah 
the testimony over your life is that he overcame, she overcame, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony, they were crazy enough to believe God's report over their life. I feel that you're not going to need anybody to prophesy over you. You're going to look in the mirror and prophesy over yourself. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God is on my side. If God is for me, who can be against me? And that, and that, my friend, is when life begins. Life doesn't even start until you get the consciousness of victory. When you realize that you're not trying to get victory, you already got victory in Christ. That's when life begins. Then you start saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When that worry is gone, when that fear is gone, God can begin to innovate through you. God wants to, to innovate and create through you. Hallelujah. You're more than you think. I'm telling you, you are so much more than you think. That's why we got to get filled and we got to stay filled because maybe, just maybe, we will get a clue about who we are and we'll start moving not according to who we thought we were, but according to who we now know we are. Hallelujah. It is what it is. It is what it is. I'm sorry. If it wasn't true, I wouldn't preach it. It is what it is. You are going to have to settle within your spirit. You got to just get it once and for all and no longer vacillate back and forth about who you are. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. He's, I feel the Lord. He stopped apologizing for being chosen. He stopped apologizing for being special. He stopped apologizing for being anointed. I hear God saying, stop dimming your lights. Stop apologizing. Where are you going tonight? Oh, I'm going down to the theater on the break. No, I'm going to the house of the great I am. And I'm about to get a blessing and I'm about to get filled up with the Holy Spirit. You want to come? The Holy Spirit will make you bold. The Holy Spirit will make you care less. There's some of you and you care too much about stuff. That doesn't matter. care too much about stuff that doesn't matter I care what you think I care what you're gonna think of me I, I care you care too much and you're caring too much is compromising your identity and watch this there there is transformation capabilities connected to your authenticity. 
Let me break that down. There is transformation capability connected to your authenticity. So you're trying to hide yourself when if you would just come out of the closet spiritually, you're in the closet. Full of the Holy Ghost in the closet. And you think, I feel this for some of you, and you think your light will hurt you if you let you light your light out. It will hurt you. And the reality of it is, it will help you in a way that you can never, in a way that you've never been helped before, nor can you be helped in any other way. And here's why. Because as I mentioned, the Holy Spirit is God. And God does not have favor. We talked about this Sunday. God is favor. So when you are full of the Holy Spirit, the reason why you have to come out of the closet is so that the favor that is assigned to God can be assigned to you. Oh, I wish you would catch what I just said. Some of you, man, some of you family, it's getting ready to be, it's, it's actually already started for some of you, I already know. It's already started for you. Doors that were sealed closed. I mean like, just like completely sealed closed. You got filled with the Holy Spirit, received it, trusted it, walk up to the door and it just And you're like, what is this? It is the God factor. Being filled with the Holy Spirit makes you read the scriptures about Jesus differently. What if the scriptures about Jesus are there, yes, to teach you about Jesus, but what if really they're there to teach you about you? Ah, <laughs> you're not ready. You're not ready. What if they're there to teach you what to expect when you're filled. Does that sound crazy? It's not at all. Almost immediately, when Jesus calls his disciples to them, almost immediately, he tells them to go do what he did. Just study it when you get a chance. Imme almost immediately. He's like, now I need you to go out there. I need you to heal the sick. I need you to cast out devils. I need you to preach the kingdom. I need you to raise the dead. I need you to cleanse the lepers. He told them to do while he was with them the very things that he was doing. So what if what looked like discipleship was really mentorship? What if Jesus is not simply the only begotten son, but maybe like what Paul said in Romans 8, he is the firstborn son. What if, I'm not talking about the cross and, and, and the remission of sins. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about him becoming our sin. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm talking about the life of Jesus. And what if the life of Jesus was to point us to our own life in him? I, I want to I talk to you a little bit tonight. I kind of want to prophesy. You can sit down if you want to, however you want to do what you do. But I just, I just, I want to, what I want more than anything is I want us to value the gift of being filled. I want us to understand that it is our portion. It's not for them, it's for us. We were created to be filled. So I want us to understand what that is. I want us to value it. I want us to want it. I want us to know what happens when you get filled. You get bold when you get filled. You know what interesting thing happens also when you get filled? Because you're filled with Jesus, when you get filled, you get the faith of Jesus. You're not ready. Your homework for the rest of this, your life, <laughs> is the book of Acts. And, and, and when you stu study, when you get a chance, but in Acts chapter 3, you remember when, when Peter and John, they were out there in front of the, the, the gate and the, the, the temple called Beautiful and the, the guy, the lame guy was out there and, and, and they healed the guy and the guy is completely healed and, and the people were wondering how they got healed and then Peter begins to explain how it happened and if you study right there in there, it says ultimately what happened was the faith of Jesus that was now in me healed the man. See, you don't even need your own faith when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will have faith for you. Oh, God. Peter didn't heal that man. The Holy Spirit in Peter healed that man. It takes the pressure off of you. You become a different person. You filled with the Spirit are completely different than you when you are not filled with the Spirit. Elijah was full of the Spirit of God, right? And he was full of the Spirit of God. You study this in 1 Kings, just read the whole, you'll, you'll get it, right? But he has this showdown. He's full of the Spirit of God. He has this showdown with almost a thousand prophets, and he calls fire down. He's just doing miraculous things. He's doing powerful things. He is like this, this indomitable man. He is just, bam, just full of this. You just couldn't stop this man. He had a very high moment, and then he walked away from that moment that required him being filled with the Holy Spirit. He walks away from that moment, and then Jezebel sends him a message saying, I'm going to kill you. And the same guy who was full of the Spirit, just kicking booty and taking names, now all of a sudden begins to run for his life. Isn't that crazy? That's why you got to stay filled. Some of you, you... You had a powerful encounter with God. You've recently had powerful encounters with God. And then you came upon a moment where you're like, man, I don't, this is, this is crazy. Something is wrong now. See, when you're filled with the spirit, what God is doing is God is giving you capacity for the dimension, for the level that he's placed you on. Now, this is very important. It's not like the timing of it is not arbitrary. The timing of it has to do with who God needs you to be in the earth for the season that you're in. 
You're hearing this message now. You're here today. Maybe you weren't even here Sunday or Thursday or the Sunday before. But you're here, you're here today hearing this message. God knew who would be in the room, who would be watching live stream, who would be watching on you. He knew that, and he also understands your times and your seasons. So, so some of you, you, you got filled up with God, and you're like, whoo, you walked out of here like, ooh, I can just, I can kill a bear with my pinky. I mean, you know, you felt that, right? And then you got out there, and, and it was good for a minute, but you didn't know how to stay filled, and now the giants seem even bigger. Well, the only reason why they seem bigger is because the environment that you're living in, the environment that God is placing you in, necessitates you full of the Holy Spirit. So the moment that you get filled with the Holy Spirit again, you'll feel like yourself again. You can't go back. I hear that for somebody. Just tell somebody, I'm not going back. I, I'm not. What happened to me happened to me. And I, in fact, not, I'm not going back. I can't go back. Is that anybody's testimony? I can't go back. I, no, no, no. I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I can't, I need, I need, I need, I need more. I need more. And what I want to do tonight is I want us to work out together what staying filled looks like. Maybe if we, we, we look in Acts chapter 2, maybe we can find one tool, two tools, three tools. Maybe we can find something. Start in verse 1, please, in Acts chapter 2. I want us to find some tools. I think that there's some tools in here that's going to help us stay full. Getting full is not the problem. It's staying full. Staying filled. It's not easy. And I'm kind of glad it's not easy. Because easy, that's not valuable. I, I, I'm glad we got to press into God for this. I'm glad we don't just wake up, you know, full of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. And I'll teach you on that soon. That, that's all coming, too. Who in here spoke in tongues for the first time this Sunday? Don't be shy. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Wow. I mean, just you. No, serious. How, how many who were here Sunday? Just lift up your hand for the first time. You, it was amazing, wasn't it? It was incredible. You weren't forced. Nobody was over there telling you to tarry all night and like that. It just, it was God loving on you, giving you an indescribable gift. Tonight's going to be fun. This audience participation, interaction, that's wonderful. And see, and the reason why I'm glad, don't be ashamed of that. That's one of the things the Spirit told me recently. Stop apologizing for me. Don't be ashamed of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is beautiful. Heavenly language is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful when you don't know what to pray. Oh, tonight's going to be special. When you don't know what to pray, the Spirit does. When I am ignorant, I pray in the spirit because the spirit is all wise and the spirit knows what is needed. Are you tracking with me? I need to pray in the spirit. I pray in the spirit. I pray in my understanding. But what happens when you're in a situation and you don't know what's wrong? You don't know what's going on. You don't know what to pray. Then you let the spirit pray. So don't ever apologize for that. Don't ever. I used to pull the mic down. I'm not doing that anymore. If I feel like speaking in tongues, I'm going to speak in tongues. And if you have a question, email me. Or read your Bible. Hello? Speaking in tongues is wonderful. It is an amazing gift. 
You edify yourself when you speak in tongues. You're speaking in a heavenly language. You're speaking mysteries. And sometimes your miracle requires a mystery. Sometimes the way to your breakthrough is a mystery to you, but the spirit knows. And so you start praying in the spirit and you unlock the mystery of your miracle. <laughs> oh, I feel God. Woo. Raise your hand if you pray in tongues. You speak in tongues. See, look, y'all thought y'all by yourself. Whole bunch of tongue talkers in here. It's amazing. It doesn't make one person better than another person. And let me just, while I'm on it, and, and I told you today was going to kind of be free, tonight was going to kind of be free, but let me tell you something right now. Speaking in tongues is not a gift of the Spirit. It is an expression of the Spirit. A gift, the Spirit is the gift. A gift, if you look at it as a gift, you would think, well, I don't have that gift. I'll never get that gift. No, the gift is the Spirit, and the Spirit will manifest himself in whatever way is needed to bless you. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So don't think, you know, singing is a gift. That's a gift, right, that I don't have. But not tongues, nor prophecy, nor the interpretation of tongues nor the word of wisdom, nor the word of knowledge. Those aren't gifts. Those are manifestations of the Spirit. If you study 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and verse 9, if you look at it, you study it in the original language, we're talking about manifestations. Why is this important? Because you might think, well, I'll never speak in tongues. When Paul wrote, I wish you all spoke in tongues. He said, but what's more important is that you prophesy. Why? Because prophecy gets you to win other people to the Lord. So, so the mission and the mandate is ultimately to reach people who need to be reached. The tongues is amazing. It's wonderful. Can I tell you a story real quick? Do you mind me doing it like this? Is this okay? Like it's kind of unorthodox, but is that cool? I mean, I'm going to do it anyway, but I just like agreement. It's just, it's just agreement is wonderful. But I, I got to tell you, there's so many stories, but, but I remember I was driving, I, I was on the 5 freeway, and I was driving, I think I was going to, to Bakersfield, God bless Bakersfield, and I was on the 5, I'm going to Bakersfield, and, um, and I just, something came over me, and I just felt like praying in the spirit, right? And so I just opened my mouth, and I, I just started praying, you know, in the spirit, and then the traffic stops, and I pull up on an accident, that was, it like literally just happened. And what I realized is I believe that there was a weapon formed against me that I didn't understand. And that weapon would have been the car. I think I would have been right in the middle of it. The spirit knew what was ahead and it had me start praying in the spirit so that I can pray for myself even in a moment that I didn't even know I needed prayer. Are you tracking with me? I want a gift like that. Fill me up when I'm distracted, when I don't know what to pray. I want the Holy Ghost on the inside of me to pray for me, through me. I've had all kind of moments like that where there are things going on that I don't know. Desire it. I want to pray. If you don't have it tonight, I'm going to pray for you at the end. You're going to get it. But let's talk about being filled. So, so if we go back to Acts chapter 2, 
verse 1. Can I get one? Can we start in one? I just want to read one through four. You, you've heard this before. We talked about it. And then I'm going to jump down to the end. So just so that we're on the same page, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Thank you so much. When the, and I'm going to flow through this, so just go with me. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. That's not, there we go. And suddenly, and suddenly, go back to the, I like a flow. So let's go back to verse one. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Verse one, thank you, come on. Let's flow, 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 let's flow. Do I need to slow it down? Let's flow. However you want me to do it, but we got to flow. Back to verse one. Come on, Acts chapter two, verse one. In the mighty, matchless name of Jesus Christ. I'll read it here. You're not going to stop me. Come on, somebody. You're not. The devil is a lie. You're not going to stop me. I'll read it right here from my phone because I am not on your schedule. I'm on the Holy Ghost schedule. Here we go. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. This is why you got to read your Bible. You can look at mine if you can see it. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a sound, the Greek word is, I talked about this week, but it's the Greek word echos is where we get the word echo from, so it was really an echo from heaven. Something was happening in heaven and it reached us. And it reached us. Something was going on in the heavenlies. Oh, thank you, it's there. Something was going on in the heavenlies. And because we, glory to God. Because we were mindful, because we had a mind to perceive. Remember, they were on one accord, which means they had the same mind. Because I was in alignment in my mind, I was able to tap into, in this moment, what heaven had already done. I got to say that better. 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 When, when I get aligned, the reason why worship is so important it's because worship aligns me on earth with what is happening in heaven. So I show up here in the timing. Mm. I show up here in my timing. Oh, God. I wish I could illustrate this. So, so just imagine heaven, the heavenly realm, is a plane that never ends. It has no beginning. It has no end. It's an eternal plane. Right. So it's one line. It's a line. The top line. I wish I had a whiteboard, but it's a top line and it has no beginning. It has no end. OK, your life and my life are little, 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 little lines amongst the big lines. And it has a beginning and the end as it relates to our life, not our eternal life, but our life. Are you tracking with me? So heaven has this full thing. It is the full movie. We are a clip. It's like Instagram. Instagram doesn't have the whole sermon. It just has one, a one-minute clip of the sermon. I'm trying to find something. Come on, go with me. I'm trying to find something. So, so but, but the little line, which is our lives, which has a beginning and has an end, is accounted for in the big line. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Remember God said that? So before you got into this realm with, with in the dimension of time, you existed outside of time. I knew you. I've seen your whole life. I know what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it. And God, by his spirit, allows us from here to tap into the version of us there. And so when I mind the things of heaven, mm, ooh, tonight's going to be something. 
When I mind the things of heaven, when I set my mind on things above, I get to access the power from above. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like an echo. An echo is the reality of something that has happened it is just reaching me in time. It's so hard sometimes to express what is spiritual. So the echo, think about it. An echo is, I say this right now. So, so if you were on La Brea and I just said, hey, I said it now, but they would probably get it in about three seconds. It's the same experience. It will have the same effect when it reaches the person there. So if I said something wonderful, hey, you're wonderful. Then when they hear it there, they'll get prayerfully a joyous sensation. If I said something else, they come in here and you all would have to protect me. You follow what I'm saying? So they will get to experience in their moment what has happened in a moment that they were not in. That's about the best I can do. Now I'm sweating trying to make that plain. So an echo probably took too much time. So this sound from heaven, if your mind is right, God will allow you to peek into the reality of heaven. When you pray for somebody who is sick, you are essentially praying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is no sickness in the heavenly realm. In the holiest of holies, there are no demons. There are no unclean spirits. So when you step up, you're not praying from this realm. Oh, God, with the power that is in me in this moment, please heal that person. No, you are saying, God, I'm praying that your kingdom would come to this person right now. And I pray that heaven's power would echo into that circumstance, into that situation and bring that body back to wholeness. That's what we carry. All right, y'all got me distracted. But I want you to understand what you got. So the day of Pentecost comes, it comes fully. When the day of Pentecost fully comes, they were all one place, they were one mind. It was mindfulness. They were mindful of the mission and the mandate, right? And it says, suddenly a sound came, a sound, an echo from heaven like a rushing violet wind. It was a sound like a violent wind. It was an echo. Heaven echoed into their circumstances. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they were all filled. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire, this is the amplified version, which were being distributed among them and they rested on each of them as each person received the Holy Spirit. They had this encounter, boom, and they were all filled. Everybody was filled with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak. The Spirit was giving them the ability to speak. You don't drum up your own tongues. Anybody been there before? You want it so bad, you just start babbling. Did that, 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 no, that's when you were a child. That's what you said when you were a baby. The Spirit does it. Part of the, the, the process of speaking in tongues is getting your head out the way. You get your head out the way because your head says, this is stupid. Come on, let's keep it 100. Even when I was praying in tongues, you're like, that's weird, Pastor. I, I, just English, please, sir. English. <laughs> just getting your head out the way. Your spirit wants to pray. Your spirit has something to pray about, something amazing to pray about. 
You just got to get your head out because your head comes and doubt and all this kind of stuff comes. And all the Spirit wants to pray. I'm, I'm going. I'm trying to get to something. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in other tongues. Now, so we know the story. The Spirit of God fell. They, it was the day of Pentecost. There were Jews from all over the world. The Spirit falls. Peter gets up. And all of a sudden now, he is speaking with boldness. But not just boldness. He is speaking things that he has not been taught. He hadn't been taught. He is speaking like a theologian. He is speaking like a historian. And, and Acts tells us that these were unlearned men. So they hadn't been taught this, but all of a sudden, he is endowed now with brilliance. I feel it. Oh, God, I feel this. This is prophetic. And is this, this is for you. Just hear it. God is getting ready to give some of you the tongue of the learned. And, and God, because you're full of the Spirit, and because your mindset is kingdom, and because you're going to, everything that you do is going to be for the advancing of the kingdom, God's going to send you into places, and all of a sudden, you're going to have knowledge and skill and wisdom in areas that you did not learn, and you're going to blow people away, and it's so that a door can be open for the kingdom through your life. If that's your word, take about five seconds and say, I receive it. I receive it. Oh, God, I feel the spirit. See, see, tongues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that, no, I'm not. I'll let you have that. Go ahead. I'll let you have that. If that's for you. I'll, I'll let you have that. I'll let you have that. I'll let you have that. Because, because you got to understand the premise here and you got to understand the principle. It says they spoke in other language as the spirit gave them utterance. Sometimes it will be the language of finance. Sometimes it will be the language of business. I feel that for some of you. Man, the Holy Spirit is going to put favor on you. It is going to be absolutely crazy, the doors that open for you. You are going to be completely unqualified, but all of a sudden, you got to realize that God is qualified. God is all-wise. God is all-knowing. He is all-powerful, and he's going to speak through you. He's going to give you a tongue, and that tongue is going to open up the heart of kings. And you're going to have access. You're going to have access. I hear God saying, stop worrying about it. Stop worrying about it. He's going to give you favor. And I saw you. I, I saw you. You're going to meet people. This is prophetic. You're going to meet people in random places. Random places. And right in that moment, right in that moment, the Holy Spirit is going to put you in a situation and he is going to highlight somebody to you and he's going to highlight you to that somebody and you got to get your head out the way and you can't be nervous just under your breath say god feel me feel me so i'll know what to say and you're going to say something or do something that is going to open a door not for you and for your selfish reasoning but God wants, because your kingdom, he wants to put your foot in the door. Are you hearing me? It's going to be just like that. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want favor. I want access. I want boldness. I want wisdom. I want language. I want language. I want language. He's going to give you language. I see it. Language is amazing. I remember... I don't know if she's here. Nazi, she's a part of our church. 
she's Persian. And we have, you may not even know this, we have a, actually a Farsi-speaking congregation that's part of one in, that we planted uh, in, in, in the West Valley. But I remember I was sitting with her and she brought in a young man who, who felt like he was called. And I brought him into my office and we sat together. And Nazi was there to translate. He, sp he only spoke Farsi. He didn't speak English, right? And I sat down there. I don't know any Farsi. Merci, that's all I got. Okay, because that's French too. Anyway, but so I'm sitting there and he begins to talk and then she translates and then he says something again and I perceived it. And I said, don't translate anymore. And we are having a conversation. I couldn't speak back Farsi, but I can perceive Farsi. I knew what he was saying. I knew exactly in my spirit. I knew exactly what we had a conversation in a language that I had never learned. And he was having the same experience. Found this thing is real, but it's not just language like that. It is divine, it is the divine ability to perceive something or to communicate something that you were not taught. That's the power of the spirit. Okay, so let's jump down. We're gonna talk about being filled. We're just about done. It's about done, I think. Okay. But let's jump down to verse 40 now. Because, so they get filled with the Spirit, they speak with other tongues, God starts moving, wonderful things start happening, happening. Peter's got all this revelation, he's got all this wisdom and knowledge, and how does he know what to say, and, and he is effective, he is sharp, it is amazing, that's what happens when the Spirit gets on you, you become a different person. You become a different person. And so, 3,000 people join his movement. What he is saying is so powerful, and so real, and so compelling, that... They literally leave the life that they live before that moment. And they step into this new life. And I think that there's some cues, some, just some things, and I want us to learn this thing together because I don't have all the answers, but I want to look at this with you and see if we can pull out some things that we need to do consistently in order to stay filled. Because you don't just get filled one time. You got to keep getting full. And, and I want you to be dissatisfied with being half full. I want you to say, Jesus, top me off today. I feel a little low right now. I feel a little weak right now. I feel the old man coming out. Holy Spirit, top me off. And we learned last week in Luke chapter 11 that the Spirit, all we got to do is ask. And he'll do it. So let's jump down to verse 40. So here's how this thing closes out. This is how this chapter and the chapter of this moment closes out. It says, and Peter solemnly testified and continued to admonish and urge them with many more words saying, be saved from this crooked and unjust generation. And we're going to flow through this quickly, just boom. So, yeah. so then those who accepted his message were baptized on that day. About 3,000 souls were added to the body of believers. Verse 42, it's going to flow quickly, please. They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves. This is important right here. They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles. Uh, I looked up that word. I, I just brought the Amplified to kind of give it, you know, maybe a little bit more context. But it says in the, the, um, the New King James translation, it says they continued in the apostles' instruction. That word continue literally means exist. Exist. So they took what the Spirit of God spoke, and that became their existence. Oh, God, I feel it. When God gives you a word, it is not 
a supplemental word that you add to your predetermined and predestablished life and routine. When God decides to give you a word, that word is designed to become your new reality. Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost. And sometimes the reason, family, sometimes the reason that we don't experience a sustained manifestation of that word is because we don't live in that word. Sometimes we might try that word, but that word does not become our existence. In fact, here is the reality. That word will actually try you. You understand what I'm saying? When God gives you a word, that word will try you. Will you make this your reality? If God says he is going to do it, will you stand flat-footed and believe that it's going to happen regardless of what's going on around you, regardless of how weird you might think you look to people? Let me tell you something. If you haven't looked crazy at least once in your life, you have never stood on the word of God. When the creator speaks, it is so. It has got to become your existence. Your existence, your existence. This is my new normal. When God speaks to you prophetically, it is to give you a new normal. So first what the word does is it tries you. How long will you make this your existence? Or will you abandon it when it does not come to fruition in your timeline? So they... They continued in the teaching. They continued. They continued. They, they were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction. And then it says, and to fellowship. How do we stay filled? We continue. We exist in it. And those things that God spoke to you, please, man, don't just, don't just rest in the fact that you can come back next week and get another word. Come on, somebody. I make the Thursday. I make the Sunday. Let me just no, don't do that. It's not supposed to be a remedial class. Uh-uh. Man doesn't live by bread alone. Man lives out of the word that comes out of God's mouth. So we are waiting for that word because I need to know what's real. All right, so, 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 so they continued. They made that word their existence. And then it says, and in fellowship. I, I like that because, and, and that word, it's a Greek word, it means partnership. It's a better translation of that word. It's partnership. I believe they partnered with God, but more so they partnered with each other. You got to hook up with somebody that will help you walk this thing out. See, you got to pay attention. I said this in Denver last night. You got to pay attention to who's around you when the spirit moves. And sometimes you also have to pay attention to who decided not to come. You're not better than anybody. You know, that's not my thing. But I'm always, when there is a move of the spirit... 
I always look and see who's at my left and who's at my right. Because, because there is spiritual accountability there now. And God saw fit for us to be in this thing together. There, there is something between us now. We got baptized together. We got filled with the spirit together. Something happened together. There are people in this room right now that are supposed to be your best friends. And there may not be anything that would naturally draw the two of you together except one thing, the Holy Spirit. We need more Holy Spirit relationships. Oh God. If you take an inventory of your relationships and you take a scan, what is the connection? Don't make me start naming off two or three things. Sometimes you're friends with people simply because you work out at the gym together. Perfect example of this. Perfect example. Phil Muncy. Uncle Phil. You guys know Pastor Phil. He speaks for us. We love Pastor Phil. Other than Jesus, and he's one of my best friends in the whole world, but it's not like we be walking down the street, we don't look alike, we don't dress alike, we don't do anything alike. There's nothing about us that would draw us to the point that we are literally like the best of friends. It's the Holy Spirit of the living God that has connected us and watched us and our relationship is profitable to each other. When the Holy Spirit brings you into relationship with someone else, you are profitable to them. They are profitable to you. They bless you. You bless them. You're better because of them. They're better because of you. That's the type of relationship that you need. I need to be better because of you and you need to be better because of me and if we don't make one another better we're not supposed to be together at least for this season but sometimes we're connected for other reasons sometimes it's codependency sometimes it's sex oh You get on my nerves. Oh, but. You got to qualify every relationship in your life. If it is not the Holy Ghost, it has got to go because it will take you back when God is trying to take you forward. You got to go. If it's not the Holy Spirit, you got to go. I don't care how fine you are. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how long we've been together. I am going somewhere. I am on my way from glory to glory. I was born.
Ain't nobody got time for that. I ain't got time to be fooling with you. Can me and you get together and pray and make the earth shake? When we come together, do demons start trembling because we're together? When we come together, do I feel like I can run through troops and leap over a wall? If you don't give me that effect, and I don't give you that effect, this ain't it. Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back. Does my baby leap when you're around? Does my dream leap when you're around? Do I feel small when I'm with you? Or do I feel like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me when we're together? Are you hearing me? I think another way that you stay filled has to do with your fellowship, has to do with your connections. Tonight, I'm serious, man. I want like, I want you to meet somebody you didn't know. Like just greet them and maybe it's nothing, but maybe it's everything. Because you're going to need somebody. Even Jesus sent the disciples out by two. Man, agreement? You can grab your sister's hand, your brother's hand, your friend's hand. You can grab their hand and believe for anything. Built-in community by the Holy Spirit. Right there. And it's based on real stuff. Man, life is real, family. And life is hard. Life is crazy. You're going to need somebody to trust. You're going to need somebody to put your, to lay your head on their shoulder every once in a while. You're going to need that. You're going to need somebody to be strong for you. And you're going to need to be strong for somebody. We need that. There's nothing to indicate that they knew each other before that moment. You need somebody that when the enemy thinks that he's got you, that friend will say, oh no, devil, you are a liar. You cannot have her. Not today. Ain't nobody jumping off no bridge. You better jump off the bridge. She ain't jumping off no. That's what you need. Oh, not today. See, that's a different spirit. It's not that person that sees your brother or your sister falling and now you get all self-righteous and, and hypocritical and start talking about them. You go down there and find them. Get in your car. Go to the club. Get your butt out this club. You are filled with the... What are you doing? Man, we need some riders. Even the Bloods and the Crips understand this. We need to get gangster. More loyalty in the Crips than in the church. I need somebody to fight for me. PT is tired, his voice is going. Y'all start praying in the Holy Ghost. Devil, get off my pastor. Get off my brother. Get off my sister. We're in this thing together. They continued in the word. They made the word their existence. 
They were together. They hooked up with the right people. It says in eating meals. Now that wasn't ordinary meals. This was the breaking of breads. The breaking of bread is symbolic of communion. Communion? Yeah, communion. Why? Because it is important in order to stay filled, it is important to be mindful of things. Communion is all about mindfulness. It is being mindful of what Jesus did. I'm going to come back to that. So they walked in the word. They stayed linked up. They stayed connected. They had fellowship. They had partnership. Partnership with God and partnership with each other. They were destiny advocates. I need you to win. I need you to win. There, this is not a competition. It's the craziest thing in the world to see people competing with each other in the kingdom. That is so crazy. Who are you competing against? If it's the kingdom, it's only one team. If you win, I win. If I win, you win. Big church, small church, it doesn't matter. It's the kingdom. They commune together. They pray together. Let's keep reading. I'm almost done. Ah. It says, and a sense of awe was felt by everyone. The other translation in the New King James, it says, and fear, and fear fell upon every soul. It's not fear like that. It's awe. That's, that's right. Awe fell on them. I think that when you, when you walk in it, for real, for real, and you're mindful and you're connected to people and you're not connected to gossip, you're connected to press in. You know what I mean? And, and, you're, like, and you're praying and you're communing. We're going to actually commune tonight. And, and you're communing. All of that is mindfulness. And it creates this sense of awe. It puts you in this space. Rabashima. The consciousness of awe is a different thing. When you're in the consciousness of awe, you are able to perceive awesome things that the average distracted person misses every single day. It is another dimension of existence. And as a result of that, because they were in the consciousness of awe, it says, and many wonders and signs were done. The only thing keeping some of you from witnessing on a daily basis Miracles, signs, and wonders is your consciousness. The, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. In other words, my reverence for God puts me in the doorway of the divine because I am postured to perceive God. And when I perceive God and when I'm focused on God, it allows me to move in the power of God. Self-focus limits you to the power of self. God-focus unlocks for you the power of God. So 
So when you walk in the awe and the wonder of God, you are looking for God every single day. You believe in God. You perceive God. He is your existence. He is your consciousness. Now all of a sudden, you feel like you can do stuff because you can. Because you can. And the Holy Spirit, as I mentioned earlier, gives you the faith of Jesus. Because it is Jesus. Sometimes to get the miracle done, you need to borrow Jesus' faith. Hallelujah. Like when I pray for you tonight, I'm not praying for you in the name of Torre. Who is he? But I can pray for you in the name of Jesus. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Something's going to happen. And so a sense of awe was felt and miracles and signs were taking place. In verse 44, it says, it says, and all those that believe, they were together. They had all things in common. I love this. Keep going. They had all things in common. Let's go to verse 45. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing the proceeds with believers. Is anyone any? So if someone had a need and they did not have it to give them, they would sell stuff to give it to them, which meant that poor people were no longer poor. And everybody became rich. <laughs> See, wealth, oh God, how much time we got? I got almost, wealth is not what you think. Wealth is, is that you have what you need, and no matter how large it is, no matter how large the need is, it will be supplied. So in other words, I would rather have one dollar and be in covenant with God than to have a billion dollars. Here is why. What if my need is two billion? Then I'm poor. You didn't catch what I said. You didn't, you didn't catch it. You didn't catch it. I'd rather have one dollar and the promise of God, which says, I will supply all of your need according to my riches in glory where thieves can't break in and steal where one computer hack or computer glitch can take me out of the game where the stock market cannot rattle it that's why tithing is everything i will never not tithe because when i tithe what i'm doing is i'm coming into covenant with god concerning my money and he says, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you won't have room to receive. Let me tell you what that means. That does not mean that all of a sudden it is going to rain $100 bills in your backyard. It just means that you have a serious divine bank account and whatever you have a need, he will crack heaven open and supply it. Some of you don't need 40 million all at once. It would crush you. Money has weight. Money has weight. And that's why it crushes some people. People get two nickels and wrap two nickels together and start thinking they're better than somebody else. Nose in the air, the whole thing. So sometimes God has to get your weight up until he can prosper you so that you can stand under the weight of some real money. I'm telling you. And I'll tell you, when you know you're ready for some real money is when you're thinking about how much you'll give away. 
When you dream about being a blessing, that's when you are ready for some real money. Not when you start talking about, I want to get the new Phantom. Oh, I really love the new Rolls Royce. Oh, no, no, no. That ain't, you're not ready then. It's when you're thinking about, man, I can take this and shake a nation. I can shake my community with this. I can end poverty with this. Then you're ready for some money. Not, I saw these shoes I like. Jesus. I digress. What I'm saying is, there was this culture of generosity amongst them. I got you. Here's one thing the Lord showed me. And God is getting ready to expand some of your networks. He's getting ready to expand. Because the kingdom network is a serious network. But I'll tell you right now, like real major kingdom players can smell a fraud. Kingdom billionaires, family. Promise you, I know them. But they're kingdom. And if you're there trying to get $5 from them with no vision, kingdom attracts kingdom. And, and you've been handing out business cards, not you, somebody you know. You've been handing out business cards trying to get on. But what's going to be your calling card is kingdom. Seek the kingdom. That's why he said, seek the kingdom, and all other things will be added unto you. There are networks of kingdom people looking for somebody that's serious, that has a real vision from God that they can invest in. They were together. They broke bread together. We're going to break bread tonight. We're going to break bread tonight. Can we pass out the communion, please? I was going to apologize for it being unorthodox, but I'm not going to apologize ever again anymore. What God is doing in your life is so real. It's so real. It's so much bigger than a sermon. It's real. It's the overflow. It's who you've been trying to be. It's what you've been trying to get done. It's what you've been trying to accomplish. It's what you've been trying to learn. It's the growth that you have been stretching and straining for. What if all of that was embodied in one thing called the Holy Spirit? And the more you feel with the Holy Spirit, the more life begins to make sense. <laughs> some of you not even going to be, some of you, you probably have slept better than you've ever slept since God filled you. And he's going to fill you again. I'm in good sleep. Either great sleep or up riding because the Holy Spirit has given you so much vision and strategy for your life. One or the other. And it's just getting started. The point that I was making is that as your network grows because you're in the kingdom, things are going to be added to you. Some of you, I feel this prophetically, you have a vision, and I'm talking to you, but if it's for you, you catch it as well. Because typically, when a prophetic word is given in a house over a microphone, it's not just for the person. The person just stimulates the word. You have a vision. You have a vision that seems so big. 
And it is so big that you have felt like you cannot do it by yourself and you're actually right. You can't. But because you are kingdom and because you're going to another level of kingdom, God is going to begin to attract people. They were there the whole time, but they're going to see you and they're going to come together and make your vision a reality. God gave you that vision and he knew who would be alive and in the world and when you would be ready. And this is a prophetic word for you. It is going to happen and it's going to happen just as big as God showed you. Don't you dare make it smaller. Don't make it smaller. Keep it big. The Calvary is coming. The Calvary is coming. Your help 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 is coming. Come on, if that was you, just receive it. Just receive it. If that was for you too, receive it. Receive it. Kingdom connections. You're not by yourself. There are a billion people, a billion kingdom people on this planet waiting for you to get filled. Waiting for you to get filled. Waiting for you to get filled. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't be high off weed. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Get filled. Get filled. Get filled. You know when it says in Romans chapter 8 that all of creation is eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God? How is a son of God revealed as a son of God? It is the mark of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You will never look more like a child of God than when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, let me tell you, I feel God. The universe will work for you, baby. I feel the Spirit of God. God has placed things in the universe for... Don't make me take us further. Don't make me take us further. I'm trying to turn this thing off. Don't make me take us further. Don't make me have them put Mark chapter 11 up there. Don't, uh -uh, don't, don't do it. Are you hungry? You want more? You want more? Let me show you something. Let me show you. Let me show you. Remember I told you in the beginning that you have to look at Jesus in order to see what your portion is if you're full of the Holy Ghost? Let me read this to you really quickly. Now when they, Jesus and the disciples, drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. And he said to them, go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered into it, you will find a cold tide, watch this, on which no one has set. That's important. I'm going to come back to that. A cold tide by itself, seemingly free and available, but no one has set on it. 
And he said to them, go. And as soon as you enter, you're going to see it. He says, loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? If there's any opposition, if something tries to challenge your authority to have it, you say this, the Lord has need of it and immediately he will send it here. I can go all the way through that. No, look, look, look. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing loosing the colt? There will always be an attempt at keeping you from what's yours. There will always be a challenge hoping that you don't know who you are, hoping that you don't know the authority that you have. And they spoke to them just as Jesus commanded, and guess what happened? So they let them go. Here is the point that I'm trying to make. When you are full of the Spirit of God, you have the same favor that Jesus had. And everything that is assigned to your life, you will have access to. I feel it. Every prophetic promise will be yours. The universe will have to loose it and let it go. And guess what? No one sat on it because it wasn't for nobody but Jesus. There are some things in the universe that God has set aside for you. And you think I feel God. And you think that you lost it. You think that it's gone. You think that you missed your opportunity. But I came to prophesy to you tonight and tell you that there is a cult that has never been set on. And it's for you. And it's out there. And if you will get full of the Holy Ghost of God, if you'll get filled with the Holy Spirit, out there opportunities out there doors open out there for you nobody could sit on if they wanted to can't nobody still let me tell you something that's why you gotta be you 
There are things out there that are for you. As long as you're trying to be like somebody else, you will never lay hold of what has been set aside for you. Everybody in here has a cult that no one has sat upon. So we're going to commune. What, why do we commune? We commune because Jesus, one of the last instructions he gave his disciples in the upper room was, he said, I need you to do this in remembrance of me. It was a command towards mindfulness. <laughs> he said, he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it. He took the cup of the wine and he says, do this in remembrance of me. These were some of his last words while he was with them before he went to the cross. He says, I need you to remember something. I need you to remember something because the issue will never be whether or not I've done it. The issue will be, will you remember it? Will you know it? Will you perceive it or will you forget it? Will you get so bogged down and distracted by life that you forget who I am and what I did? He said, do this in remembrance of me. And then he says, as often as you do this, as often as you do this, he says, you do show forth the Lord's death until I return. Why would you want to remember his death, man? That seems gruesome and gross. Why? I, I, I want to remember your resurrection. Why did he want us to remember his death? He wanted us to remember his death because of what died when he died. It says that God made him, Jesus, who had no sin. It's a Greek word, hermetima. It literally means missed the mark, limitation. He made him who had no sin to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In other words, so that we can become who we were ordained to be. So he became every limitation, every obstacle, every disability, every dysfunction, all shame, all pain. He became everything that happened to us, everything that would happen to us. He became neglect. He became rejection. He became all of that. <laughs> he said, put it on me so it doesn't have to be on them. So in me, they'll be free from what happened to them. So in me, they'll be free from everything negative, every negative thought they don't have to carry because I'm putting it in my body. That's why he wants us to remember his death because sometimes we allow things to live that he killed. Simply because we don't remember. The interesting thing about these apostles is that they actually communed every single day. And I wonder, I'm actually committed to communing every day at home with my family. Simple, not a big deal. It is spiritual yet symbolic. So it's symbolism that brings a spiritual breakthrough because of the mind renewal that takes place when you remember. So get you some bread. And get you some, some juice. Some of you are like, I'm going to get me a nice glass. 
be filled with the Spirit, okay? You got to just a little, just enough to wet your whistle, that's it. Grape juice. I went, I went to a church in Chicago once. And they had these real, and I was wondering why the glasses were so big. I had never seen communion glasses that big. And, you know, it was time to commune. And I was like, oh, oh this is the real thing here. It was kind of funny. People were choking and stuff like that. But um, I encourage you to do it at home every day. That keeps you in the mindfulness. And you'll be aligned for signs and wonders. So, so the wafer is symbolic of his body. His body was broken so that we might be whole. This is not just a religious tradition. I believe that every time you remind yourself of that which was broken in his body, I think that things break off of us. So as you have that wafer in your hands, I want you to, thank you, I want you to think about something that needs to break off of you. And I want you to break it in your fingers. Just think about something, a yoke that needs to break, a chain that needs to break, some hold on you that needs to break, some mountain that's been in front of you that has seemed insurmountable. And I just want you to just break it between your fingers. Because he was broken, I can be whole. Let's take of his body. And his precious and priceless blood sealed the deal. When he said, it is finished, it was finished. His blood sealed the deal. His blood covers you. It protects you. It gives you access. You're grafted into a covenant. He will never break his covenant. Even when you don't keep your end of the bargain, he's still faithful to the covenant. Let's commune. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in us. What you're doing in us, God, money can't buy. What you're doing in us is so much bigger than us. Hallelujah. It's for the children that we don't even have yet. It's for children that aren't yet born. It's for generations. And we receive you. We love you. We honor you. Seal this work. I thank you, God, for yokes that are breaking even right now. I thank you for sick bodies that are being healed, for sick minds that are being healed. We thank you for what you have done tonight. Seal this work.